Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome back to The Moments That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. Today, I have the honor of sitting down with the wonderful Paige Adams-Geller. Paige is the co-founder and creative director of self-titled Californian lifestyle collection for men and women, Paige. With the help of her leadership and vision, what started as a women's denim brand quickly expanded into a full lifestyle collection for men and women sold at premium retailers internationally. I have been a fan of Paige, the brand, for a decade, and I'm always so inspired by successful women in business. So I cannot wait to find out Paige's personal three defining moments that got her to where she is today. Hi, Paige. Hi. Thank you so much for joining. And you're all the way in California, right? Yes, I am. I'm in Southern California in the Pacific Palisades at my house. Oh my God, heaven. I love it. I, I actually always love speaking to people that are abroad because I love feeling like we're connected all over the world. Oh, I know. Me too. It's lovely. And London is one of my favorite places in the world. I actually have a dog named London, no. one named Chelsea, and one named Dick. I mean, sorry, Chelsea, Devon, and London. And then I have a donkey named Dickens and a horse named Chester. So. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> that is brilliant. Okay, so you really do have an affinity for England. Um, so, Paige, we drive straight in to your first defining moment. Absolutely. Wow. The first one's a little bit heavy, you know, it's, um, but it was a big moment that things shifted in my life. And it was the moment that I was actually attacked in the workplace. And that happened with a person who was my boss, I had a contract with a particular company and I was a fit model at the time and I was attacked in the workplace and I suffered from PTSD of a trauma that actually happened to me when I was 16 years old. And I was shook, I was rattled and I was depleted and I didn't know what to do. I really needed to turn and go somewhere for help. Mm. So I actually went and called, I went home and called a place called the Rape Treatment Center in Santa Monica, California. And I asked for help. And I said that I needed to deal with some issues that I had that were weighing me down, that had happened when I was 16 and that I needed help because I had just been attacked and I didn't know where to go. 
And the reason why this is such a defining moment for me is because for years I had stuffed down so many secrets Mm -hmm. and had so much weighing me down that I don't think that I could really be comfortable in my skin. And I really needed to learn how to seek out others and ask for help and not try to solve everything on my own. And the trauma had been really making me suffer emotionally and physically and mentally. So I went and got help from the rape treatment center. And that was the first time I had ever been to therapy. And it was such a defining moment because I didn't realize that there were so many things that I needed to get off my chest and that I needed to overcome to be able to become my best self. And um, at that moment, my therapist actually asked me to, to go deal with some of my trauma in a 30-day program. And she said, if you go and you get out all of your anger and your resentment and your frustration and you talk about this and you have group therapy and you surround yourself with others who've been through similar traumas, I promise you, you're going to feel better. Mm-hmm. And what it also happened is after being a victim of rape, what happens is a lot of times um, you suffer from women suffer from or men suffer from eating disorders. And so I had suffered from anorexia due to trauma. And so it was also a time for me to heal from my uh, disordered eating patterns and from that part of my trauma and really get healthy and whole. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a strength, an inner strength and a voice to really discover who I really am at the inner core of my being and to really think about what I really wanted for my life and to get over a lot of the me too experiences I'd had as an actress and a singer and the model and a model and being in the entertainment industry and really to to find out what I could do to empower myself and to make a difference in the world. So I took on my attacker And I think that moment in time of taking on my attacker and telling the truth and getting my story out there um, made me really strong and feel like I could then achieve any goal that I wanted to. It gave me strength and a voice and courage. So that was a major defining moment for me, though very heavy um, life changing. Oh my gosh. That is such a powerful story and moment. And thank you so much for sharing that with me and everybody listening. And, you know, I think it's really interesting, actually, what struck me is that you took on your attacker at the end, because I think I hear these stories, you know, and we are hearing them more often, sadly, but I don't often hear people having to go through the process of, you know, facing the person that caused this trauma. And um, how did you physically, mentally, emotionally cope with that process? Uh, A big support system. You know, that is one of the things I learned when I went to the 30-day trauma and healing Place And, you know, what's really interesting is that often people suffer in silence and it causes more damage to them as a whole. Mm. Um, You know, I think that um, it can make 
make secrets make you sick, if you will. Yeah. And so um, really learning to have a good support system with the group therapy and then coming home from that and developing a, a home group of people that also had suffered from the same kinds of traumas and getting help from them. Um, some of the women in my group therapy had not taken on their attackers and wished that they would have. Mm. Others had and were great mentors and role models for me. And so that support system was integral. I also stayed in therapy like twice a week so I could really have guidance and direction and help from a therapist. And then an amazing husband and family mm. support system. My husband was my number one cheerleader and my stepkids too. They were wonderful. They were so supportive and they were like, we'll support anything that you feel like you need to do. Um, as you know, and, 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 and my, my closest friends, you know, were the same way. They're like, you're so strong and you're so brave Paige. And I know you can do this. And, and really having that support all around me helped me take it one step at a time, baby steps at a time. And sometimes I felt like I was making, you know, strides forward and getting super strong. And then what would happen It was, you know, maybe it would be the day before I was supposed to go to court. And all of a sudden my attacker would play the, Oh my God, I'm having a heart attack and next thing you know everything would be canceled because he was faking a heart attack or you know the next moment that I was getting ready for the big day you know his wife all of a sudden was suffering from hypertension and everything was canceled again and things were constantly postponed and delayed which was was very tough and you know you've seen a lot of that happen in in moments as of late with um, other people that have been um you know, accused of, of sexual assault and whatnot. And this is the kind of game that they play mm -hmm. to kind of just keep delaying the process. But, oh my God, my friends, my family, and my support group and therapist were <laughs> team page. I love that. I love that. And I think it, it's such a, you just being able to open up and to be vulnerable with the people around you also gives you, gives you the access to that support that support network now I'm really yes. glad you talked about therapy because I think while this is quite generalized I think it's very very true which is that in America it's you I think you guys are much more open about having therapists I think it, people have therapy more often I think it's more accessible or is here I mean I really don't have even me I don't have many friends that have therapy I've even tried it and um, I I'm a huge advocate of therapy and have, you know, seen how it changes lives. And I think what is your advice for anyone who is maybe going through something um, very traumatic, very heavy, and especially like I love that you said that secrets will kill you if you let them. I think that is so poignant and, and true. And for anyone in that circumstance who it's a little bit on edge or not sure about therapy, what would you say to them? I would say that it's worth a try and to give it a go because, you know, therapy is not going to kill you, but secrets and holding things inside will, like I said. And there's nothing that you should be ashamed of in sharing yourself from uh, with others who might be able to guide you along the way and help you take the next steps to towards healing. And that was one of the things that I think I had my biggest struggle with is like when I was attacked 
when I was raped at the age of 16, there was no place to go. I lived in a little town in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. And back then there was no rape crisis center. There was no websites to go to because there was no computers. There were no cell phones. So, and there was no place in my local community, which was really small to go get help. And so that was daunting. Like, what do you do? And I had so much shame and blame. And I think that's what, what, what happens when people keep the secrets is you feel ashamed and you feel like you did something wrong, especially when you're a young person and like being able to seek out professionals who have studied this and know how to help get you to a happier place or a better place with support and with guidance. Um, literally there's, they help you get out of feeling ashamed and mm. they help you get out of that toxic blame and they help guide you into a happier place. And so there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And like knowing that you're not alone and knowing that other people have gone through things like this is so healing. Mm. So I would say, Try, you, you know, you there's so many places that you can go to online. Like here in the States, there's, um, you know, if you're a victim of rape, there's like a an international online hotline called RAIN, R-A-I-N-N. And like you can go and you don't even have to say your real name. And you can go on and seek out help and chat with someone on a computer. Or you can pick up the phone and actually speak to someone and they can hear your voice and they don't even have to see your face. So there's so many opportunities. You can do that globally. Mm-hmm. So there's so many opportunities out there where you don't have to, you know, you can take baby steps, I guess is what I'm trying to yeah. say. And those little baby steps will little by little start to make you feel better. So I think I would just say, give it a try. It's worth it. I love that. Thank you so much, Paige. So what was your second defining moment? The second defining moment was after finding my voice and 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 really getting stepping into a place where I had done a lot of work to empower myself, I knew that I had a lot of creativity that I wanted to express in a career, but I wasn't sure if going back into singing and acting and modeling and being in front of the camera was the healthiest thing for me to do. My 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 therapist had told me that I should take a step back from being in front of the camera and to, to find another another passion. And that really freaked me out because I thought, wow, you know, I went to college, university to study broadcast journalism, and I was very into the arts and really wanted to have a creative, a creative, um, like life path. And I'd kind of been groomed most of my life to be in front of the camera. And I thought, I, this is, this is heartbreaking. Like, what am I going to do if I'm not in front of the camera? What career path am I going to take? So I had gone to some acting classes where there was also kind of a group therapy in this in these acting classes from this woman named Barbara Deutsch, who really tried to help you empower yourself with acting classes and creating creating acting in the form of treating it like a business. So empowering yourself to be business minded while you're out in the world of the entertainment arts. And so she suggested that I go see this other acting teacher 
just even though I wasn't going to go in front of the camera, just to kind of let out some of my creative expression. And this other acting teacher was also a life coach. And so I started taking classes and just doing things with my creativity just to stay connected to things that I love. And then she started to give me guidance as a life coach. And while we were doing scene studies and while we were having lots of conversations about choices that I made in scene studies and whatnot, she said, you know, Paige, I think that you have a strong desire to empower other women and you really love fashion. She's like, I think part of the reason you got into modeling and and that world wasn't necessarily because you liked modeling. I think it's because you liked fashion so much. She goes, what if you took all of that life lessons and life experiences that you've had along the way, and what if you were to create your own clothing line? What would that look like? And she goes, I just want you to do homework tonight. Just go home and pretend that you are going to create your own clothing line and what would that look like? And then come back to me next week with your proposal. I'm like, okay, this is a cool assignment. So I went home and I started thinking about it. And I got goosies because I was like, well, this is crazy. I said, I've never gone to business school. I've never gone to design school. This is crazy, but I'm going to roll with it and I'm going to come up with an idea. So I started thinking about it and I talked to my husband and my husband said, this shouldn't be just an exercise. This is something you really should do. He's like, are you kidding? He's like, this is perfect for you. He's like, continue to do the exercise and like share with me, you know, what, what, what you think. And that aha moment hit that like everything that I've done in my life is something that would help me with what it would look like to put a collection together. So I did bring my homework assignment back to my life coach and it this started to feel like it could absolutely be tangible. And one of the things that I realized is while I was getting healthy, I had been working as a fit model for a bunch of clothing manufacturers in California and most of them were denim brands, and that all of these denim brands were designed and owned and founded by men. And there were no premium denim brands in the industry that, in the premium denim category, designed or created by women, yet women were the number one consumers of the premium denim. So I thought, wow, what if I started my own denim brand with that angle of being a female designing for other women and creating a safe work environment for other women so that they didn't have to deal with any of the experiences that I had to deal with when I was out there in the Me Too, with my Me Too experiences in the entertainment and the industry and the clothing industry and fashion industry. And the light, I just got like so excited. I got goosies and I was like, there's nothing like that out there right now. And what if I named the brand Paige so I could build a personal connection to my customers and that they knew they could come to me and, you know, I could help them solve their denim traumas because shopping for denim is so difficult because there's so many fits and fabrics and, and you don't really quite know what to do. It's like almost like trying on swimsuits. So I could help and, and, and be the voice to help them and support them while they were shopping for jeans. So 
that clicked and I was so excited and thought like, oh my gosh, this is something I have to do. Oh my goodness. I'm literally <laughs> smiling that whole story. I absolutely love how this idea just came to you from an assignment um, that ended up being this global brand. I just think it is so magnificent and such a example of you know, things really meant to be, you know, everything was aligning you to this place. And for me, that is just a magical story to hear. (laughs) But after you you. had the idea, because of course, I, you know, a lot of people might have experienced where they feel that initial excitement and they think I've got this idea. And then what happens for a lot of people is they have the idea, they have the excitement and they don't follow through because you then think, oh God, now I've actually got to do this. And that can be <laughs> really daunting. And coming up with um, not just a product, but a product that like you've just you know, articulated yourself, notoriously women find difficult to, to buy because it's so, you know, it's so difficult to find the perfect pair of jeans. So that's a huge task. So how did you get from that point of having an idea to actually following through with it and did, were you having moments of doubt or what, did you just know it is weird it is one of those out of body surreal experiences that happened to me that i just felt like i was being guided by yeah. a force greater than myself because mm-hmm. once all of a sudden i i'm a spiritual person i'm not 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 a religious person but i'm a spiritual person and there's moments where you just feel guided and i had that experience i i had been working at that time because i had i had taken the guidance of my of my therapists and not been working in front of the camera and i had been fit modeling for about 12 to 15 different companies in california and when i was working as a fit model i actually became more of a like fit consultant fit expert and design consultant oh, for anyone on the who jobs doesn't know what a fit model is mm-hmm. do you mind just quickly explaining Sure. Um, Clothing brands, usually higher end clothing brands, um, hire a real live model to build patterns off of and do fittings. So it's almost like you're, it's not, not glamorous, but it's like you're hired based on your proportions and your measurements at a healthy weight to be a live mannequin, if you will, so that a designer and pattern maker can build and create patterns off of your body and creations off of your body. And why it's important is a mannequin is just a a stagnant form that doesn't really have arms and doesn't move. And so when you're really designing and creating clothing to be able to put it on a body and see where the dart seams should be placed or the bust seams or the princess seams or see how the the fabric actually moves when you're walking and all of that, um, this is critical. And it's also very important to build your baseline pattern off of that form of the body to then go 
to create the size runs that go up and down from that particular pattern. So usually a fit model is somewhere in the middle of a size range in a clothing line. So let's say in America, if the clothing line goes from zero to 14, they'll usually hire a model that's a size six or size eight to be the person that they build the patterns off of. And then they, they, they take the patterns and grade them down smaller or larger. And, you know, what was kind of fun for me as I was at a healthy weight and no longer in my disordered eating or anorexia, I would get paid, you know, to show up at all these different clothing lines, you know, everything from gowns to swimwear to um, uh, knitwear to denim um, to contemporary wear. So I worked for a bunch of different clothing lines in California. And um, I loved it because I got to see everything from how a clothing line is started from the ground up. And I also worked for a lot of companies that were startup companies when the premium denim explosion was happening in California. So brands like Seven and Citizen, Citizens of Humanity and True Religion and Joe's Jeans were all like up and coming brands. And I actually worked for all of them as their fit consultant and fit expert. So, um, so what happened when this homework assignment occurred and this was that aha moment of something that I really wanted to do. And my husband said, if you don't do this, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. Um, I had to call up all of the brands that I was modeling for and say that I no longer could continue because I had decided to find my purpose and, and passion in life and was going to do something different. And I think that day I, I wanted to throw up because it's like I had fit models actually make a very good living and, you know, you're paid to make sure that you stay in shape and, 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 you know, you stay healthy, but, um, it was really tough to turn down. I was getting a lot of offers for a really nice amount of money to stay contractually with some of these companies, but I was like, nope, I got to do this. I've got to give it a try. So I retired. Let's, this was my life coach. I saw her in May. In June, I retired from all of the companies that I was working for. Oh, wow. And by, <laughs> by Ju July 1st, I started Paige and was able to get some partners who were willing to – I put together my, my, my storyboards of what I thought the brand should look like. And like who the customer was, who the demographic was that I was targeting, what kind of fabrics and silhouettes that I wanted to move forward with that I felt there was a need in the market for. Um, a place like, it's always kind of like, what's your point of difference in the market? And, you know, what that could look like, like why, why page, you know, why would this be something different and unique? And I put it all together and I pitched it to some different um, possible um, investors. And then, um, literally everyone said yes, which was really exciting. So I chose the person who I thought was going to be the best, who would give me the most creative control. And then literally July 1st, 2004, Paige was born and put together the first collection, got all of the labels, designs, patterns made by putting together like a dream team. And what was kind of crazy is because I had known so many people along the way as a fit model, 
I just got out my Rolodex and started like, back then it was a Rolodex and started like calling people and like my favorite pattern maker. And I was like, hey, I'm starting my own clothing brand and I know you're working right now, but would you be willing to freelance and come and do some patterns for me? And then I called someone else that was a great sketch artist and a great designer that I had worked with at another company. And I know she did a lot of freelance. And I said, would you be willing to come help me put my vision to life and help me with the with the tech and the the, the drawings of everything that, that I'm seeing in my mind? And she said yes. And then I got another person who was like, someone who was like brilliant with um, fabrics and he really knew, I knew who to go to as far as the fabric vendors that were the best, like the best Italian denim and where it came comes from. But I needed someone to help me with that and kind of gauge like how much I needed to kind of start the business and do projections and forecastings. And he said yes. So all of a sudden I had this like dream team of people that said yes. And then I had my storyboards and some of my first samples. And I remember catching a red eye to fly to New York to see if the showroom who just lost the denim brand that they had been um, um, representing and they were looking for a new denim brand to represent. So I was like, I'm going to hop on a red eye tonight with my samples. And if I come show you what, what my plan is, would you guys represent Paige? And so I flew out, did the red eye, met with a couple people, and they said yes. And before you know it, I was showing the line in September at the Coterie trade show in New York. And I feel like everything just fell into place and I was just being guided. And I couldn't believe that it happened that fast from July 1st as the first day of the company to September, having a full line with labels, a support team. PR. Oh, I, I, I also had a PR firm representing the brand and was ready to go. And I was like, this is crazy. I don't know how this happened, but it happened. <laughs> that is amazing. Just proof of when something is right. You don't need to force it. It just happens. It's just aligned and the universe is on your yes. side. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. So Paige, what is your third defining moment? My third defining moment, I think, was when I'm very competitive and I feel that that's a good thing because I I really have a strong work ethic and I put high expectations on myself and not necessarily to the team around me. I think I'm very supportive and encouraging of the team around me, but for myself, I am, I'm very, very hard on myself. And I don't like to really hear the words no. And I think that the next defining moment was when I heard that Paige is a women's brand. And, you know, it's more feminine, which was all of the things that I wanted the brand to be. It's a feminine angle on a denim brand. And no men will ever buy page men's if you create a men's brand. And if you do create a men's part of the brand and you do want to do denim, premium denim for men, you shouldn't use the name page because men will never buy it. So you'll need to change the name is what I heard from retailers globally. And that men won't wear stretch denim. Like they only want to wear stiff, rigid denim and that they'll never wear anything else. And that was like crazy thinking for me that I kept kind of getting blocked by the thought of starting a men's brand. And my vision and my goal had always been to create a lifestyle brand for men and women and, you know, start little one step at a time, start with women's and then continue to build the lifestyle and have men's follow in the same footsteps. And when I heard that, no, I, w- I was very confused because I said, there's so many women designers out there that that men look to and men buy from. So why not Paige? This doesn't make any sense to me. And uh, I, I, I listened to them at first, which was not a good thing. And instead of using the name Paige, I thought that it should be called PPD, like Paige Premium Denim. So I was like, okay, I'll do something really masculine and we'll call it PPD. And that was a big mistake because it was almost like launching two different brands and Mm -hmm. two different labels and having Paige be like very feminine with like cursive handwriting for our label initially and then men's with PPD. And it was just confusing. 
And so then I started thinking, like, my sister worked in retail. My best friend worked in retail. They worked at Nordstrom. My best friend worked in men's suits, and she she made a she made a great living at the time on commission from selling men's suits. And I'm like, if we're in stores and guys are shopping, do dudes, like, normally go up to other men and say, hey, does this look good on me? Or do they go up to women and start asking women? I'm like, they're – going to go up and ask women if they look okay most of the time. So I'm like, this is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. And so we went to a branding like expert and started to think of like what we could do to really build strength and equity in the page brand name and make sure that we weren't trying to do two things at the same time and building two different brands with two different names. And that was life-changing in the sense that we changed our branding label to the big, strong, bold page that the brand has now and took premium denim off of it and just called the brand page. And then that meant that we could branch into any category that we wanted to for both men and for women and build all of the different categories. And then this could go on to if I want to do home decor or fragrances or beauty or any other products and really just give all of that a change and just focus on the page name as the brand and to get rid of just the denim. So this was life-changing because as soon as we changed the labeling and um, then we decided to bring on my stepson to lead the men's team and really focus on helping create and design the product for Page Men's. And the rest is history. I mean, like now Page is sold, you know, globally for men. It is the number one brand in men's at the moment at Harrods, at Selfridges, at Harvey Nichols, here in the States at Nordstrom Bloomingdale's. It's like we are surviving and thriving and going into all of these other categories as well. And Men are definitely wearing stretch jeans because they like to. They, they're wearing our transcend fabric, which across the board people love. And they guys who are athletes are obsessed because they said that they never could wear a skinny jean because the fabric was too stiff. And you know they're wearing transcend. They're wearing skinny jeans. They're wearing our product and loving it. And they said that it fits great and feels great. So I think it was a defining moment when I was told no that that would never happen. And I don't like to hear the words no. And so being able to change and shift and re like, I guess, pivot and continue to focus on the dream and the vision and the goal. Oh, and here we are. I absolutely <laughs> love that. And I think it's so true that when you, you hear no, there's always another option. There's always another way. There's always another door to create. And I love that. It's such a clear example of just going, you know what? I'm going to trust my own instincts. I really do believe this will work and I'm going to find a way. Um, yes. And it paid off. Yes. And sometimes I've heard often that anger propels forward movement. So <laughs> that that frustration and the anger is like, whoa, we're going to prove them wrong. Success is the best revenge. <laughs> so thank you. Have a like an incredibly successful business. And there are many fashion brands that start and the majority of them fail. Um, so for you to have built one, which is 
not only successful, but successful internationally and to be so, um, you know, I mean, even though Stats is now the number one menswear in Harrods and Nordstrom, I mean, it's just incredible. So what is your, what is the secret? What do you think? I mean, of course, there are so many, I'm sure. But what do you think is, is, the, is the key to having that level of success and not only having it, but sustaining it? I think that um, there's a few things that have been really important and I think pivotal to our success. And I, I think that one of it has to do with like being very clear with the vision of what the brand is and not listening to too much extraneous noise. Because when you have a, a customer base who loves your product for specific reasons, a lot of customers are very loyal and especially the male customers, very, very loyal when they find something that they like and the quality's good and the fit's good and the styling and the essence of the brand fits your personality and suits you. People want to continue to come back and expect that from a brand. And so I think staying clear that for on the women's side, Paige is feminine, sexy with a little bit of rock and roll and, you know, feminine, sexy with a little bit of edge. And I'm always trying to embrace like the bohemian side of California, the rock and roll side of California and like the Malibu kind of relaxed, cool girl um, side of California and or LA in particular. And those are all parts of my personality and they're very authentic to me. And so when creating the line, especially for women, I stay true to that DNA and that focus. Like, would I wear this, wear this if I was going to the mountains or the beach? Would I, is this my cozy side? Would I wear this, you know, my feminine side, like, like and appreciate this kind of fabric or this print or this dress or silhouette? And, you know, would my rock and roll alter ego, who thinks I was a British rock star in my past life, want to wear this outfit? <laughs> and I'm really always doing the checks and balances with it. And if it doesn't really fit in those kind of categories, with trend, then it doesn't really feel right for the brand. And I've learned that the hard way sometimes when people have come and asked us to do exclusives and the, you know, maybe some of the retailers want to be designers and they'll be like, this is the hottest trend right now. And, you know, would you do a dropped crotch, relaxed, whatever kind of jean? And I'd be like, you know, it's kind of masculine for our girl. I don't know that she's really going to like it, but, you know, I guess we'll give it a try. And it always fails mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel like it meets those checks and balances. So I think that's one of the things that has led to the success because the customer continues to get what, what they want from the brand. And we do the same thing on the men's side. And then second of all, I feel like it's slow and steady wins the race. Like I think a lot of times brands launch and they have launch every category all at once at the same time and they make a big noise and a big splash and they become a one hit wonder. Right. And it's hard to manage all of that and figure out, you know, projections and 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 really kind of dial in to to having the space to even sell all of that product because a lot of retailers can't buy all of that all at once. They want to see if a brand's going to perform. And so my mind has been, you know, 
get educated in each area that you're getting ready to launch into. Learn as much as you can about that key category. And we don't license anything. We do everything in-house. So even now we're, you know, doing paid shoes for women and those aren't licensed. Like those are designed by me with an expert in shoes where we get to put our stamp of the DNA on the product you know, so it looks in alignment with everything else that we're creating. And we've been able to kind of launch every part of the, the lifestyle that goes back to the denim little by little, as we learned and grew along the way to make sure that we knew that we were ready to launch that category, whether it's silk or knits or outerwear or footwear. So I think that's really been smart and not, not so we weren't a one hit wonder Mm. and there's always something fun and exciting and new happening. So you don't get bored and you don't get burnt out. Absolutely. Well, I love that. Thank you so much, Paige. That is such valuable advice. It's, and also just so interesting for me to hear. Um, I love hearing incredible success stories and trying to figure out what is the secret there. And that is a really, really amazing thing to have learned. So thank you so much. Thank you. And to not have a toxic work environment. Yes. Like uh, like no toxicity. Of Mm -hmm. your your ethos. Yes. So before we go, I have 10 questions for you. Sure. Um, So your, your first question is, what is your most memorable book? Oh, wow. You know, I read less than zero when I was in college and I was obsessed with it. And I feel like it just literally kind of fits into like everything that the 80s represented, good and bad, and was obsessed with the movie as well. So less than zero is my answer. I just kind of feel like I think about that book a lot when I'm even designing and when I'm nostalgic as uh, certain trends are, are, you know, emerging again, especially when it comes to the 80s. I love that. Um, Your favorite quote? Don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. Because you might like it today and want to do it again tomorrow. I love that. <laughs> I've only ever heard the first half of that quote. That is so bad. <laughs> I love it. Um, your most influential mentor. I would have to say that this one's wild for me, but I would have to say that it's intuition. I, I really have to that. say that it's intuition. That's like that's my best answer. friend. Oh my God, I love that answer. Um, Your go-to feel-good film? Well, with my love of the Brits, I have to say Notting Hill. (laughs) Oh God, I love Hugh Grant in that movie and Julia Roberts. (laughs) Do you know what? I'm totally with you. It is so, so feel-good. A moment where you felt most proud? Oh, that one's tough, but I would have to say when... I was asked to write my story for British Vogue and share the story of overcoming sexual trauma and healing and the journey to healing because that was the first time I ever put my story in writing. And I felt that it was a pivotal moment in healing again on my journey and being able to hopefully help someone else come forward if they were suffering and get help and could be someone that could help change their life, that was a really proud moment for me. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm sure you would have helped so, so, so many women by sharing that. Thank you. Um, a song that cheers you up. Oh, I, oh, wow. A song that's called It's My Life by Talk Talk. <laughs> that is such a great song. Oh, I love that song. Every time it comes on and then Gwen Stefani did a remake of it. So either Talk Talk or Gwen Stefani's version, I always just feel like I always start dancing and singing. (laughs) Um, uh, Your top tip for dealing with stress? Meditation Mm. or getting out into nature. Oh, yeah. You cannot beat those two, can you? Um, Uh One thing you'd like to achieve in the next year? I would love to... Stop talking shitty to myself. Mm. No more, no more dot, you know, no more negative self talk. Mm. Like, I would love to, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm my own worst enemy. Mm, and God. so, you know, I think stop that. So, in a way, I'm so like surprised that you said that because from the outside, of course, I see you very successful, you know, the co founder, creative director of this incredible business and I think in a way it's actually very reassuring but also I would like you to stop but it's very reassuring to hear you say hey I still talk to myself negatively sometimes Um, yes so yeah thank you for sharing that but also I do hope that you stop (laughs) Um, (laughs) thank you the first person you called to share good news either my best friend Mickey who she's my best childhood friend from Alaska or my husband, if I'm not with him. Oh. Paige, thank you so much for being such an incredible guest. I've absolutely loved hearing your story. I remember the first time I bought Paige was in Harvey Nichols. I was 21. I'm now 31. Aww. So Aww. for me, this feels like a really big moment and such an honor. And I'm literally going straight on the website now because it's so connected to the brand and to you. And it's just been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be with you and spend some time with you. And I can't wait till I can get back to London again soon. And uh, thank you for asking me. Truly an honor. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 